a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Eye on the Hill 2021. Special coverage on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you. And we are going to go to Utah's Capitol Hill as we come down the uh, the final days of the session. And uh, my inside source uh, for all things Utah Capitol Hill related, Jay Evenson, uh, award-winning opinion writer uh, from the Deseret News. Uh, he's been on the Deseret News editorial board since 1994 uh, and just has a... He knows where all the bodies are buried. He knows where all the information is, and uh, he can do it all from his basement. It's amazing. No, <laughs> thanks for joining us, Jay. How you doing? I'm doing great, thank you, Boyd. <laughs> nor, nor, I know you've never had an intro like that quite before, but uh, not not quite like that. But it was accurate. I'm in the basement. So. <laughs> I was going to say it was a secure, undisclosed location, but we'll we'll stick with that right. as well. Uh, well, you are a uh, you are a veteran of uh, Utah's Capitol Hill. You know how the final days can be. This has been a little. Uh, many have characterized this as kind of a sleepy session. Not a lot of uh, big ticket items or uh, a lot of hot and heavy things. Uh, but I want to get your take on a on a number of things as we come down the home stretch. Uh, first, we were talking just before the break uh, that the bill uh, relating to Dixie State uh-huh. University, uh, while altered fairly significantly. Uh, is uh, going to get to the floor of the Senate, hopefully for a debate and a, a vote. Uh, anything you're hearing or or seeing on that front coming down the final days? Well, I think as, as you and I uh, both know that uh, they probably have the votes on the floor of the Senate to pass this. So um, getting it out, getting it uh, through committee and out was a big step. Um, the big stumbling block before was that the bill said you can rename the school anything you want as long as it doesn't have the word Dixie in it. And um, they took that part out. <clears throat> but it's important to remember that the, the final, well, not the final decision, but the process still belongs to the uh, State Higher, uh, Board of Higher Education and the Board of Trustees at the university. And they, have, they are both on the record as saying they want to change the name away from Dixie. But the bill now requires plenty of public uh, process and public input. Um, it's going to be uh, kind of a uh, contentious time down in St. George for the next little while. <laughs> But the process will be underway, and most likely you will see a name change. But it has to come back to the legislature next year to approve whatever they decide to, to rename it. So, so we're not we're not done with the fireworks on this, but it's good to see it moving anyway. Yeah, and and to be able to have those, uh, the the process does matter. Uh, and I think if they can get that passed in the Senate, back over to the House, uh, and buttoned up to begin the process, uh, and as you said, Jay, being able to do that in public in conjunction with the community, I actually think will be a healthy thing. There will be some fireworks, I'm sure, for uh, for sure, from some some parts of the uh, the spectrum. Uh, but I think most people will come to some good conclusions, and uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, so as you look at uh, some of the other things that are percolating, you know, you know how the final days can just be really fast and furious in terms of things that move through. What do you have your eye on? What should we be aware of uh, coming down these final days? 
Well, one of the things I'm looking at is SB 205. Now, this is the one that would uh, allow the Republican Party to do away with the signature gathering uh, process for a candidate to get on the ballot. As you know, right now, uh, you have your choice. You can either go through the convention, uh, which can be sometimes very difficult, or you can go out and gather signatures to get on the ballot. And uh, this was a compromise uh, struck several years ago with a group called Count My Vote, which wanted to do a referendum to do away with uh, the convention system entirely. Uh, and that was gaining some momentum. So now there's this bill uh, that would, um, it, it's actually being held currently, it's being circled, which means it's being held in the Senate. But uh, that may emerge toward the end. That's one that I'm keeping my eye on to see uh, what happens there. Um, we've got a bail reform uh, fight that's uh, kind of looming. Last year, there was a bill passed that uh, aimed to reform bails to take into account somebody's ability to pay. So there, there was a, a uh, accusation that uh, the way bail was being uh, handed out, uh, the wealthy people were able to get out and the poor had to, had to remain in jail. Uh, since that time, there have been allegations that it's backfired and we're allowing too many dangerous criminals back out onto the streets. So that is a, uh, a fight that I think is still looming. Um, you have the budget, of course. The budget bills are being introduced today, uh, but that's kind of quiet. There are tax cuts included. Uh, mostly the tax cuts are directed toward uh, the elderly, uh, families of military people uh, and, and families, but they're, they're really pretty uh, minor. I guess the average person isn't going to see much. But uh, it's kind of quiet. It's, it's unusual to see uh, a quiet budget session after a pandemic. Not that I've ever been through a pandemic before <laughs> now. But. <laughs> well, you know, there's that early 1900s, but, uh, you know. <laughs> that, yeah, it was a little before my time. Not much, but a little. <laughs> uh, so uh, just in our, our final minute or so here, Jay, uh, I wanted to see if there's anything you've gleaned from this year's session uh, that we should be Taking into account as we move forward, anything we've learned about a, a very young administration uh, with uh, Governor uh, Spencer Cox uh, at the helm uh, as they kind of get their sea legs uh, being in charge there? Have we learned anything about how they will interact with the legislature? Is the legislature flexing in uh, in any way? And are there any other lessons that we should be watching for coming out of the session? Well, it's interesting. We haven't heard a lot from Governor Cox. And, and if you remember in his State of the State address, he talked about vetoes and said, don't take it personally, but I'm going to veto some stuff. So uh, I'm really curious what he is going to veto. And there is there is one bill out there that's kind of testing that, and that is the Emergency Powers SB 195, which has come as an outgrowth of the pandemic. And it would uh, allow the legislature to flex its muscles more when the governor declares a state of emergency. After 30 days, the legislature can step in and, and end that. Uh, the way it is currently now, the governor can just say, okay, fine, and then just reissue the same emergency order. This would do away with his ability to do that. It's kind of a wave sweeping the country. A lot of states are doing this, but almost every one of those states has a Republican legislature and a Democratic government. Here we've got both of the same party. So it's a little bit of a tug of war there. Um, it passed the um, Senate by uh, a unanimous vote, which oh, well. uh, last time I checked is veto proof. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, 
it, it's going to be interesting to see how it how it passes the House and how how the governor reacts to that. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I think I'm curious to see what he what he might veto. We haven't really heard much. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Great insight as always, Jay Evenson from the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. All right, uh, again, Jay Evenson there from uh, Deseret News and. Again, he's, he is so wired into uh, what's happening on Utah's Capitol Hill. Uh, just love to get his insight and perspective there. So a lot of things to watch as we come down the home stretch. Uh, everything from election law to uh, tax cuts uh, to, you know, what will the what will the governor veto and uh, what will move on through. And again, in particular, we'll watch this Dixie State University conversation as it continues to go. And uh, again, big thanks to Jay Evenson. Uh, award-winning columnist uh, for Deseret News Opinion writer. Uh, Love Jay's perspective. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. Uh, When we come back, Doug Wilkes, editor of the Deseret News, is going to join us. We're going to look back at what we've learned from the pandemic and what comes next. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.